So Happy New Year, everybody. It's great to be with you on this first Sunday of 2020. And now we can bring on the puns. 2020, vision, clarity, seeing clearly. 2020 is the year of clarity. It's the year of vision. It's the year of all that. I don't know about you, but I do not have 2020 vision. If I don't have contacts or glasses in, uh, the blur starts about two inches away from my face. So I heavily rely on correction to help my eyes, to help me see. Um, so I want to kind of turn all those puns of the year of vision, the year of clarity, flip them over on their head and say, just as many of us here in the physical world cannot see without correction, it is exactly the same in the spiritual world. We can't see on our own. So, that's what I want to talk about today, is having blurred vision, and how we can rely on God and trust in Him to show us our next steps, to show us the path that we need to take. Uh, and I'm not saying that once we choose to trust and follow God, that he is just going to show us the entire path we need to take and we will see the rest of our lives and five-year plan ahead with clarity and ease and everything will be perfect. Uh, he usually, sometimes he does, and that would be great, but usually that doesn't happen. Usually we just get to see like a step or two at a time. Um, and that's what I want to talk about today. And there are a couple stories in the Bible that we can look at. There's Abraham in the first part of the Bible. Um, who chose to trust and follow God. There's Paul who did the same thing in, towards the end of the Bible. And then also some encouragements from the book of Hebrews. So before we dive into the three different chunks of scripture there, um, let's pray. Dear God, thank you for this day you have given us. Thank you for the new year. Thank you for um, the opportunity that we have to gather here and to look at your word and to um, continue to learn how we can trust in you and follow you and let you guide our next steps. And so uh, we just pray that as we look to your scripture that you would speak to each and every one of our hearts and that we would um, just leave this place today closer to you than we were before we came in. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so we're starting off with the basic understanding that we can't see clearly. It's, we can't. It's not um, anything, it's not up to us. Um, and that's just as Chris talked about earlier. It is, it's been happening since the first generation when Cain decided to murder his brother. It happened even with his parents when Adam and Eve decided to disobey the instructions that God had given them. The world has been broken and bent and messed up ever since. And things have been cloudy ever since. And God observed this early in human history. In Genesis 8, um, around the time of Noah, he said, everything they think or imagine is bent toward evil from childhood. Because of what Adam and Eve did, every child from the beginning of our lives, we are bent towards evil until God helps us bring that clarity. So, Paul even commented on this in 1 Corinthians 13. He said, when I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. He says, now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror, and all that I know now is partial and incomplete. But despite all of that, 
God is still calling us to follow him. He's still calling us to trust him. So, looking at Abraham, at the beginning of the Bible, it's in the first book of the Bible, just a few generations into the history of humanity, God calls this one man, Abraham, to follow him. And it says in Genesis 12, he says, The Lord said to Abram, which was Abraham's name before God renamed him later, Leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. So Abram departed as the Lord had instructed. And so starting with Abraham, that is where God's restoration begins, with Abraham and his descendants all the way leading down to the whole arc of Scripture leading to Jesus. And so here, God is calling Abraham, follow me. Go where I'm telling you to go. And Abraham chose to obey, to follow God. Though he didn't have a clear vision of where he was going, God just said, come this way. And he went. He didn't know exactly where he was going. He didn't know what would happen when he went to that place. But he knew that God had called him. And so he went. And that's what we get today through God's word. We have the Bible. We have his scriptures. He's given us a way where we can look to him and he will show us in pieces, step by step, how we can continue to follow him. Psalm 119 says, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. And think about when you're walking on a path and you have a lamp or a flashlight or something. You usually, if it's pitch black and you just have a lamp, you can't see an entire path. You can see maybe one or two steps in front of you. You can see enough to keep going. What's next? What's next? And if we continue to trust God, that's where he will show us. So there we can see through the scriptures as we look at these stories of, of, all the, of, of Abraham who trusted God that God can help us see Sometimes, even though it's only partially, we won't see the whole picture, but he can help us see if we continue to trust him. And it's through our faith in him, as we have faith, that he will lead us and guide us. And faith is defined as complete trust or confidence in someone or something. The book of Hebrews defines faith as, uh, it says, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. And hope in its original meaning doesn't mean like, oh, I wish for this thing, which is how we often use hope today. Oh, I hope that this will happen. Hope is a concrete promise that we know will happen. So faith shows us the reality of what we hope for. When we trust in God, that's our faith in him will give us that foundation. It's the evidence of the things we cannot see. And Paul told the Corinthians, we live by believing. We live by faith not by seeing. God will, if we have faith and trust in him, and Paul knew this from experience, because, so in Paul's life, he, once he chose to trust God, he knew that his calling was to share the good news of Jesus Christ with other people, and throughout his life, he went on three different missionary journeys to spread the good news. So, on his second missionary journey, he knew the direction, he knew he was called to go, and so he stepped out and he went. And it says 
in Acts, it tells us about this journey. And in Acts chapter 16, it says, Next, Paul and Silas traveled through the area of Phrygia and Galatia because the Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching the word in the province of Asia. And Asia today would be about southern Turkey. So they've gone up from Israel and they're going across what is modern-day northern Turkey. And God, they, the doors were closed as they were traveling. He, they were trying to see where they could go. Paul knew he was called to go, and they were traveling to see where they could go. And the Holy Spirit closed the doors to the province of Asia. Then coming to the borders of Mysia, they headed north for the province of Bithynia. But again, the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. So instead, they went on through Mysia to the seaport of Troas. And that night, Paul had a vision. A man from Macedonia in northern Greece was standing there, pleading with him, Come over to Macedonia and help us. So we decided to leave for Macedonia at once, having concluded that God was calling us to preach the good news there. When Paul started, he knew that God had called him to share the good news of Jesus Christ with other people. So he went. And once he was there, that's where he was trying, he figured out the next step. God said, not, not this direction, not this direction. And through a vision of a man across the sea in Macedonia, he said, that's my next step. That's where I'm going. He didn't know at first, but he trusted God and he went, and then God showed him the next step to go. My dad, when he graduated college, was, he planted a church in Ohio, and he pastored there for several years, and then he felt God call him to go to the Philippines as a missionary. And so he left his church in Ohio, and he began training to be a missionary. He began um, raising support so that he could travel over to the Philippines as a missionary. And once he got there, he helped with some of the other missionaries that were there, planting some churches, doing some small things. But every time that he tried to reach out and take a next step somewhere, it seemed like all the doors were just closing on him, and he couldn't figure out the next steps in the Philippines. And so he came back to the United States after only one year and ended up planting a church in Indianapolis where he pastored for 10 years after that. And if he didn't have... If he didn't have that time going into the Philippines and then God showed him the next step, no, it's actually Indianapolis. He trusted God one step at a time, even though some doors were closed. He trusted God to lead him in the right direction. Myself, when I was uh, graduating high school and going to college, I, as a lot of high schoolers do, I um, kind of changed my mind a few times on what I was going to major in in college. But finally, I decided here's where I need to go is I'm going to study political science and I'm going to be pre-law and I'm going to become a lawyer. So I went to a university in Tennessee and I was a political science major. And I was studying politics and laws and all that sort of thing and it was very fun. Um and I say fun kind of sarcastically. But uh, after the first semester, after only one semester of that school, of going to that school, um, things began to shift for me. So that school, they had an accelerated term in January. 
and most of the students did not do that, so the second semester started in February, and so we effectively had a two-month Christmas break. And uh, it sounds great, but it's actually not, because after two weeks at home, all of my friends went back to their colleges, and then I was just all alone at my parents' house with nothing to do. Um, so once we were all back for the second semester in February at this school, um, I was in my world politics class, and all of the students were kind of talking about what they had done over the break. And one student read Plato's Republic in his spare time. Another student read Machiavelli in his spare time. Another student worked at a law office. W these are freshmen in college, by the way, uh, in his spare time. And I realized that when I got bored at home, I spent the month uh, volunteering with the new youth and worship pastor at my dad's church. And so I was like, I don't actually enjoy this politics and law stuff. I think I need to pray about this. So I spent a week and I prayed, and it became clear to me that God was calling me to this path of leading worship. And so I decided to change my major, which the school I was at didn't have, which meant I had to transfer to a different school for my sophomore year so that I could train and study to be a worship pastor, and then eventually came here. Um, so just a couple examples from my dad's life, from my life, about how sometimes we can't see the path where we're going. We're just trusting God in the next step that we're taking. And the Bible is full of stories of people who chose to follow God when they couldn't see the entire outcome. And Hebrews chapter 11 kind of just gives brief snippets of a ton of these, and I'm just going to highlight a few here. It was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God, who warned him about things that had never happened before. It was by faith that Abraham, we talked about earlier, obeyed God, obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. It was by faith that Sarah, Abraham's wife, was able to have a child, although she was barren and was too old. She believed that God would keep his promise because God had told her, you will have a child and from you will come a great nation. And when she finally did have that child, by the way, she was 90 years old and Abraham was 100. She believed that God would keep his promise. It was by faith that Joseph when he was about to die, said confidently that the people of Israel would leave Egypt, where they were currently slaves. He even commanded them to take his bones with them when they left. It was by faith that Moses' parents, Moses was one of the greatest leaders of the Israelites, it was by faith that Moses' parents hid him for three months when he was born. They saw that God had given them an unusual child, and they were not afraid to disobey the king's command. Because the king had a law in place to kill male children at that time. It was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. He couldn't see him. He was invisible, but he kept, he trusted. All of these people died still believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it all from a distance, 
and welcomed it. And that letter, the, the book of Hebrews, was written to people who were suffering physical harm and persecution and death that was deterring them from trusting and following God. And although here in Western American modern-day 21st century culture, we don't actually experience physical harm and death facing us as a result of our challenges to trust and follow God. There are still so many things that can get in the way and pull us and call us away from following God. Blurring our vision, making us have to rely on God. That could be temptations to sin, greed, pride, lust, you name it, something else that you may, may come to mind for you. And maybe not even something that's directly a sin, but things that in our current culture just get in the way, get in between us and God. And things like a schedule that's so full and busy that you don't have time to spend with God in prayer. You don't have time to spend seeking him. Netflix, streaming services, and endless entertainment that we can sit down on our couch from the moment we get home until we fall asleep that prevents us from seeking God in those times. Smartphones or tablets with constant internet connection that we can scroll for hours and hours on end. I know I'm guilty of some of these things. I sit there and scroll on my phone and all of a sudden I realize I can't believe how much time has passed. But these are the things sometimes in our modern day culture that can, that can get in our way of seeing where God would have us to go. And I'm not saying all those things are bad. But if we spend too much time with them that we are missing where God is leading us in our next steps, then maybe we have something to think about. And sometimes as we go through life, it will feel like we have taken two or three steps forward and then we take one step backward. And that can be discouraging. But it's okay. Repent. Ask for, for forgiveness. Keep going. And to be clear, that's not an excuse to keep on sinning, to keep on disobeying what God has told us to do, but it's an excuse to keep learning and keep getting better. So it's a choice every single day. Every single day we have to choose to trust and follow God once again. Every time we wake up, God, I will follow you again today. When Abraham's descendants, the nation of Israel, finally were about to enter the promised land, Moses, their leader, told them this. He said, Today I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessing and curses. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying him, and committing yourself firmly to him. This is the key to your life. And then later, once they finally made it into the land, their new leader, Joshua, gave them another encouragement again, and he said, Serve the Lord alone. But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today, choose today, whom you will serve. 
Would you prefer the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates where they came from? Or will it be the gods of the Amorites in the land you live in now? But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. Trust and follow God. His plan will always be the best plan. And sometimes God isn't leading you where you think he is. For me, I went to college and then transferred after a year. And sometimes I think, well, that was just a mistake I made. I went in the wrong direction. I should have just gone to the other school first my freshman year. But I firmly believe that I was supposed to be there for a year and then transfer over. Because I met people that year in Tennessee that we had an impact on each other's lives. And then when I transferred, I was an incoming student at the new school the same time as another new student. And so me and him connected. And he is my brother. He was my roommate. We're family. And I got to know his family. We are together for life. I'm going to visit them in Oregon in a few weeks, and I'm so excited. <laughs> but if I hadn't gone to the first school first, followed God to that place, and then followed him saying, no, wait, go to this other place, I would have never made those connections. Maybe I wouldn't have landed here, and my life would have been very different. For my father, because he followed God's next steps, leaving his church in Ohio, going to the Philippines for a year, it was while he was traveling around raising support to go to the Philippines that he met my mom. And while they were in the Philippines for a year, that was where when my sister was born. And our lives would have looked completely different. My whole family's life would have looked completely different if he didn't follow God's next step to go to the Philippines, even though he was only there for a year and it didn't seem like it worked out. And you... And it's easy for us to think to ourselves, I was only there for a year. That, that, was, that was a mistake. Maybe I just shouldn't have gone. But he would have never met my mom. Our family's lives would have been completely different. For Paul, who we looked at him, he was traveling to spread and be a missionary. And he was traveling and he was thinking, I'm going to go here. I'm going to go there. But if he hadn't followed God's next step, when he, God said, that's not the area to go to. This isn't the area to go to. Go to Greece. Then the entire spread of the gospel around the world during the time of the early church would have been completely different. That would have had a huge different if Paul hadn't gone to Greece. And then that led his steps to Rome later. And the spread and the history of Christianity maybe would have been completely different if Paul didn't follow God's next step one step at a time. And Abraham, way on in the beginning of the Bible, when God said, I'm choosing you to follow me. Come live in this other land. This will be given to you. If Abraham didn't say yes and follow God, then the whole history of humanity could have been completely different. So, Hebrews encourages us as believers today living in the faith. At the end of chapter 10, it says, So do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord, 
Remember the great reward it brings you. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised. Patient endurance, one step at a time, one day at a time. After recounting all the stories of all the different faithful people throughout the scripture, at the end of chapter 11, the author of Hebrews says, all these people earned a good reputation because of their faith, yet none of them received all that God had promised. For God had something better in mind for us so that they would not reach perfection without us. The thing that was better, he says it right in the next chapter. He keeps going, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, All of these people that we read about in the scripture that have given us examples of how to trust and follow God, even when things get hard, even when things seem like they're not going in the right direction, all of these people in scripture, and then even today, each of us in this room, who when things go one way or another, we keep choosing to trust and follow God. We are a part of that great gathering of of witnesses to God's faith witnesses to the life of faith. Let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. After all, you have not yet given your lives. You have not yet died in your struggle against sin. Because you haven't died, you can keep going. Even if it's just one step. Even if you don't see exactly where God's leading you, take the next step and choose to trust him. Earlier, I didn't read all of Paul's thoughts in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 when he said, when I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child, but when I grew up, I put away childish things. Now we see things imperfectly like puzzling reflections in a mirror, but then when we get to everything God has promised us, we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete, but then I will see, I will know everything completely just as God now knows me completely. And then I want to close with some words that Jesus gave to Peter that we can take for us today as well. And kind of it, it uh, mirrors those words that Paul just spoke. And maybe Paul was inspired by these words. Jesus said, but I tell you the truth, when you were young, you were able to do as you like. You dressed yourself and went wherever you wanted to go. Then Jesus told him, follow me. And then there's a section where Peter starts to question Jesus about one of his other followers' paths. And Jesus says, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? As for you, follow me. That's the simplest calling that Jesus is giving us, all of us today. Follow me, he says.
And if we choose to trust and follow him, we may not see everything, but he will show us where to go next. And if we continue to choose and have endurance, he will continue to guide us and direct us through this life. So will you trust and follow God this year in 2020 and moving on? Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for giving us your word, giving us the scriptures so that we can look to you and see the things that you are teaching us, see the things that you are calling us. Thank you for all of these stories that we have of people who chose to trust and follow you that give us examples of how we can live today, every day, taking a step, even when things are hard, knowing that you are with us. Because just like we sang earlier, not for a moment were we alone. You are here with us. So we thank you for that. And we pray that as we leave this place and go out into our lives, go out into this new year, that you would continue to lead us and guide us. That as we look to you, that you would show us our next steps. In Jesus' name, amen.